I'm going to say a number, and I want you to remember it. 24. 24. Keep that number in mind as we go through this next queen deep dive. This is the fifth dive we're going on. Track five of the guy's 73 debut. It's called Liar. This song is so epic. Every time I go through a song, I always think it's the best one. (laughs) It's like there's something about it as I dig into these and I listen to them over and over again and I listen to the live performances and I'm so blown away. I'm more and more impressed. Seriously, the more I break down these songs, I'm just bursting with excitement about continuing to do this because I'm so impressed by the complexities of these compositions from Queen and the more inspired it makes me for my own work. Seriously, this is going to inform what I do going forward greatly, I think, especially just learning more about scales and the variations of scales and what they're doing with the notes and dissonance and augmenting chords and etc. The list goes on. I digress because I geek out about music theory and I love it. It's all part of the creation process that I love so much. Back to Liar. So again, this is track five. And if you're still into old school album sides, aka side one, side two, this song kicked off the second side of their debut, Queen. And it's a Mercury composition. This is indeed a Freddie track. And I cannot say this enough, how surprising and awesome it is that this guy wrote the previous track, My Fairy King, which is so elaborate and artsy and emotional and and just all of those really beautiful, lovely, opulent things. And then we have this stomping, unrelenting, absolute banger of a rock track, Liar. He wrote it in 70, and it's a hard rock, art rock song. It's very hard rock. It was a single only in the US and New Zealand, interestingly enough, released in February of 74. And I believe Doin' All Right was the backing track for it. The tempo is all over the place. It's pretty fast in general. There's some moments where it slows down a little bit. It's like a half tempo, sort of in the middle. It's almost like cut time. But generally speaking, we are in 4-4 common time in this song. So we're in a pretty consistent time here. There's just this little bit of a ebb and flow of we hold back a little bit, we charge forward a little bit, but through the whole thing, whether we're slower or faster, it's unrelenting, pounding goodness in the best way. This song is so fantastic. It's one of their best live songs ever. I'll talk more about that here. As far as keys in this song, we've got just a few of them this time, but some that are somewhat familiar at this point. We've got D major, A mixolydian, E mixolydian. We talked about mixolydian earlier. And E minor. Yes, mixolydian. That was in Keep Yourself Alive. Yeah. So we got a little bit more mixolydian in Liar. And if you recall, mixolydian is simply a major scale where the seventh note is flatted. 
so it adds a little bit more space to the very, very top octave and the note right below it. It creates a little bit more of a square space. I can't describe it. I have a little bit of, synth is it synthesia? Where I, I sort of feel shapes or colors when I hear music or smell things. My scents do weird things when I experience different things like smell and sound and such. And so to me, Mixolydian is just a little bit more stronger. And there's something about it that gives it a really nice, rock, strong strength. <laughs> I realize that's redundant, but it is what it is. This is an early rock epic. It's composed on guitar with simple harmonies but it transitions, uh, the transitions in this are totally, I would say even more surprising than the stuff from Great King Rat. I mean, we transition from ballad-like verses into harder rock choruses, if you can call them choruses. I mean, really, we've got a ton of different things going on in the song. There's so much going on here, but there's a consistency and it has to do with one thing. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. The guitar arrangement has so many tricks throughout this thing, as does the bass. John's bass here is this magical thing that just gallops along on its own little, I want to say on its own little drum, but what I mean by that is effortless, just absolutely effortless. And it always sounds that way coming from John when he plays his bass. But really, if there's any song any song on their debut album, you should focus on just the bass. It's this one because he actually has a little bit of a solo here. But truly, the star of this song is the drums and the percussion. This is entirely driven by snares and cymbals and kick and cowbell <laughs> and all of those awesome things we're going to get from Roger. There's multiple variations on the verses. There's choruses with layers, 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 and multiple versions of bridges that take this song in a bunch of surprising directions. So exciting, so much energy, so much fire, so much persuasion. And this has to do with the message of the song. At six minutes and 25, 26 seconds, it's the longest song on the album. I actually thought The Great King Rat was longer, but this is in fact the longest song on the album. It was originally an Ibex-era song called Lover. Now, Ibex is a band that Freddie was in in 69. So that's what the legend is anyway, that, <laughs> that this song was originally called Lover before it became Liar with Queen and ultimately as we know and love it now. The music video for the song was the band miming to the recording on a soundstage, and it was filmed a year prior to the single's actual release in 74. Interesting that they did a little video for this song. <laughs> I forgot that they did, actually. And this song was a concert staple through the second half of the 70s, performed most often in 77 for a total of 86 times. It was often at the end of the set list, closed the show out, and they extended it to like 10 minutes or more with a bass solo from John in the middle of that bridge that just goes on and on and on. And it's such a treat because you get John and Brian together back and forth playing prominently. It's like this battle. They're bouncing off one another like this musical conversation. It's like a shouting match. Back and forth they go. And it just goes on and on. And it's so exciting. 
it's an extremely well-loved live song. And Freddie commented once that this is a number that has done a lot for us. So I think they enjoyed it a lot. I mean, the band knew this song was an important asset for them because they had it on their set list for so many years. So they must have loved it, right? I mean, clearly, when you take a song that's six and a half minutes long and you really roll it out that much, you got to love what you're doing. And it was always a big hit with the fans. And you always had people in between songs going, liar! (laughs) People always wanted to hear this song. Interesting fact, this song, when I was doing my research, I found it on this like best queen running songs playlist blog thing. (laughs) It was one of my top search results I found when I looked up the song name and queen. I was like, oh, wow. People recognize just how epic this song is when you're out running. It makes you want to fly. It makes you want to put your arms out and just go forever. It's really that energizing and that good. All right. So what are we singing about in Liar? What is this all about? The push and pull, the internal struggle of recognizing our flawed human sinful nature, but unable to completely rid ourselves of it. So in the verses, we've got the singer longing for purity and focus and control. But the chorus, we've got these vocals screaming out, liar, relentlessly challenging the goals of the softness of the main singer, the vocalist in this case, Freddie. And let's talk about the word liar. So not only is it the title of the song, of course, not only is it the centerpiece and the driving force of this song, they say it 24 times, remember when I said that? They say it 24 times. And that doesn't really sound like a lot. But when you listen to it in the context of the song, they say it, scream it rather, over and over and over again in these chunks. And it's just overwhelming. And it's like a bulldozer. And you start to understand very quickly that they are essentially (laughs) representing the enticement of the world and bad things and things that you shouldn't do and how dare you and you lie and there's no way you're ever going to succeed and that sort of thing. You start to understand what this song is all about. It's just unrelenting and it's, it's awesome and all of that power and that yelling and screaming. It's great. In fact, someone made a video on YouTube with all of the Queen songs, but just the titles. So every single Queen song in chronological order off all of the major studio albums, they took the snippets where just the title of the song was sang. It's so funny when you get to Liar because it's literally about a minute and a half okay, maybe a minute, of just liar, liar, (laughs) over and over again. I'd love to make that my ringtone for maybe just like a day, (laughs) like a week, over and over and over again. People be like, what is going on? (laughs) But it's really funny. The first time I heard it, because I knew it was coming. I know how many times I say the word in the song. And then I got to it and I was just For me, it was, I, maybe you just had to be there, but I was hysterical. Go find it. It's hilarious. Maybe I'll link to it in the description for this episode because it really truly is just this moment of just absolutely overwhelming. Okay. We've had enough liar. So yes, they say the word a lot (laughs) in this song. Some fun facts about it. It's one of the only queen tracks to feature a Hammond organ. It's a very, very big deal because the guys were usually just guitar, piano, drums, bass. 
especially in the early days. But here we have a Hammond organ and it's really well done. It sits so well in this track. When the when the track opens, you hear it streaming out in the background. And the bass line is just this constant pounding of the consistently same note too, which ordinarily would be kind of just redundant and repetitive and maybe even boring. But here you feel that it builds up and builds up. It's such a nice contrast of sounds, that that really rich, sharp, bright sounding organ against the depth of the bass and the grittiness of the guitars and the pounding of the drums. It's so good. It's also the first time the band squabbled over songwriting credits. Here's the thing. In most of Queen's heyday and during their early days, the main songwriter got all the credit for the song, which did a lot with royalties when it came to releasing singles because, right, Keep Yourself Alive was the first single they released. But here's Liar. And this was a big deal because Mercury wrote this song. So Brian was like, well, what are we going to do about this? Who's going to get the credit? Who's going to get all the, the goods, you know? And Freddie essentially said... He concluded the discussion by stating that the lyricist, a.k.a. the song originator, in this case him, would be credited as the writer. So, yeah, it caused a little bit of friction within the band. And I think that's why when you have some singles, and we'll talk about those more later with Bohemian Rhapsody, the B-side was I'm in love with my car, which was a Roger song. (laughs) There's stories out there that Roger locked himself in a cupboard until they agreed to put it as a B-side. And I don't know. I don't know if that's really true. I have to ask that question. I would love to know. Is that really true? Maybe they'll just let the legends live on. I don't know. Maybe it really happened. Who knows? If it did, that's commitment, man. How long were you in that cupboard, Raj? How long? Needless to say, they had a lot of discussions and or arguments about royalties, and this is where it all started. And for a time, they settled it, and that's what they agreed on. And that went all the way through the mid-later 80s until the album The Miracle in 89, when they finally said, you know what, let's all get credit on every song, which relieved a lot of the tension. But here, this is where they decided, nope, the main writer of the song was going to be the one to get the credit. Now, the single version of the song was actually cut in half. So this lovely over six minute long epic thing is cut down to three minutes. Terrible. And it didn't include the catchy tribal breakdown of all day long, which is such a good example of the guy's experimental sound in the studio. And I almost forgot in the live performances of this song, which are so good. I was just listening to their performance from Boston in 76, which is 10 minutes long. (laughs) John sings live vocals, and he only did this rarely, and it was primarily on this song, in that breakdown where Freddie's driving the main vocals, but the guys come in with the harmonies. And it's great because Freddie would stand up there with his microphone and he'd stand right next to John and John would sing with him. And I think that's awesome because John was a self-professed, I don't sing. He just, he didn't think he could sing well, so he never did. He never wanted to, and he was fine with that. But I can totally see that, you know, there's this little bit of courage and encouragement that Freddie gives him by standing right next to him and putting the microphone in his face and being like, dude, rock out with us, you know? So you do get John chiming in on those live performances. And it's it's a well-loved thing in the Queen fandom. We love it when we hear that or see those photos where you can clearly see that it's that moment where they're singing Liar and John and Freddie are singing together. It's a nice little nostalgic, aw, friendship moment thing. Some contemporary comments from critics, all music 
called this the centerpiece of Queen's debut. And I suppose in hindsight, that's a really good description for this song. I mean, like I said, I've been wowed, even more wowed by every song as I've gone through these and talked about them. But this song in particular is extremely polished, powerful, without being as pompous as something like Great King Rat. It has some beautiful, gorgeous moments that feel more ballad-like, and there's some softer guitar in there, but it's contrasted so brilliantly with the pounding of the drums and the bass and the aggressiveness. So to say this is a centerpiece of Queen's debut is probably a fair assessment. I would say more than fair, actually. And more comments from AllMusic. The verses take the form of a dialogue between the protagonist, represented in the verses, this is what I mentioned earlier, and the forces against him in the chorus as they present a tormented soul who yearns for religious guidance but is shunned as a liar. That's exactly how I read the song. Before I even read these comments, I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm taking from it. And by the end, the lyrics spurn organized religion altogether. This is what AllMusic said, that... They're commenting on the lyrics, liar, liar, they never, ever let you win. Liar, liar, everything you do is sin. Liar, nobody believes you. Liar, they bring you down before you begin. So it's, it's this interesting journey through the song of, I'm really going to do this. I'm really going to try. I'm going to be devoted. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be safe, et cetera, et cetera. And then by the end of it, you're kind of just throwing caution to the wind and you feel like you just can't win. <laughs> So yeah, interesting comments from AllMusic and their little assessment of it. And I just, I have to go into detail about this song from start to finish because it's so dynamic, surprising, all of the best stuff with Queen. This song has the characteristics of a great radio-ready song, which I know sounds weird because it's not structured that way at all. There's no conventional structure here. It's very much a roller coaster ride. But it has, how do I describe this? It's very memorable, but you can't really quite keep it in your brain. There's little bits and pieces of it that stick with you. For example, oh my gosh, I got to talk about the riff at the beginning. I can't believe I didn't talk about the riff. Or maybe I was going to talk about it here. Yes, I was. Let's just start. Yeah, see, my brain's all over the place, perfectly in line with the song that I'm talking about. And in this song, we've got flanging effects galore, even and especially on the drums and cowbell. It's all about the drums right away. Nothing but percussion, snappy riffs, addictive rhythms, and tribal booms greeting us right at the front. This intro that I was just talking about earlier is a constant in my brain. I tap it out on my desk, on my wheel in the car, when I'm sitting and contemplating something I'm working on, I just do it. (laughs) It's just always in my head. I love that riff. It's such a simple little deal, but it's so addictive. So just, it's in your brain, right? And then Cymbals, claps, drums, claps, kick, claps, layers, snare, boom, crash, and we're off. Big surprising shift. You don't see this coming when the guitar comes in. A very rock-centric, deep, rough, Hendrix-like guitar. Lots of soul, lots of edge. This riff from Brian for a brief moment there. Even though this track is all about the drums, Brian just steals the show. 
with incredibly soulful, edgy riffs. The drums never stop though. Raj sparkles with flashy cymbals all over the place. We settle into, oh my gosh, it shifts. It's like a ballad. Freddie's very sincere and soft, asking for forgiveness. And then, nope, liar, he he can't win. The chorus starts, again, if we can really call it a chorus, it's more like just a shouting match. It stomps along, screaming and shouting, The second verse retains that stomping. It's a little bit softer again, but the growing pounding and the persuasion is still there. More building, more guitar, more denying liar. The intro guitar riff kind of makes another appearance and the drums are even more unrelenting. It just doesn't stop. This bridge here, you're a liar despite what you try. It's over and over again. I talked about that repetitiveness. That word is always in there over and over again. There's no structure here. It's all stomp and squash and heavy and hard. Ah, it's so good. I love 70s Queen so much. Freddie tries again, a bit softer, forgiveness, but the percussion and the guitar and the bass just won't quit poking, prodding. At this point, Freddie begins to realize he can't win. (laughs) And as he sings Liar multiple times, he first gets softer and sweeter. It's almost cheeky. It's like, Liar. And then the guys all burst in with this finger pointing and judging and say the word again over and over. The bass, the kick, the bass drums, the toms, all the noise. It's so much fun, the noise. I never used to like music like this. How dare I not like music like this? The bass and the guitar shine in that spotlight. Their performance live in this part of the song, sort of going into the second half of it, is so brilliant. Such a great conversation between them. But even on the album, this bass and guitar together is such a nice little highlight because you don't often hear them both so prominently at the same time. I mean, you you do, but they're not so well-balanced this way. It's not to say the guys didn't sound good together. Of course, they always sounded great together. It's just the way that the arrangement brings them out equally in this moment. It's perfectly balanced with Roger's galloping drums and those cymbals. Then the fun really begins as if we aren't already having fun, right? It's tribal, cowbell, more cowbell, please, and percussion, crazy percussion. The guitar effects all day long. Yes, we're in that moment, that tribal breakdown. It's super soulful singing from Freddie, actually. It's really powerful. He's total chest voice now at this point. It's just, mama, I'm gonna be a slave all day long. It just, it's, keeps going and going. It's like spinning, 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 spinning until we're united in this glorious raucous punch and demand and repetition that goes and goes until it just explodes in that climax. There's a pause, silence, but we're not done yet. More lying. (laughs) The realization that we're all done in that final lyric, you could be dead before they let you. And then it just fades out with symbols and sparkles and that organ takes center stage again to close it out. Lots of guitar trills and all that boom. <laughs> it's done. Six and a half minutes of glorious this. <gasps> Liar. I'm exhausted just talking about it. I got to go back and listen to it again all day long. It's a great song. It's a fantastic song. Seriously. Liar is a bit like other songs from like Sheer Heart Attacks, Brighton Rock. There's a little bit of 
the kind of complexities you have with the rock sections of Bohemian Rhapsody. So if you're really looking for something that sums up Queen's total talents incredibly well, I would say this song is definitely one of those. I mean, every song has its kind of super highlight note of, well, My Fairy King is very elaborate and gorgeous and... Keep Yourself Alive is very catchy and showcases each of the guy's talents very well. This one, I think, for maybe the first time on their debut, really showcases the sheer power of what these guys could accomplish, just the four of them together. I do feel kind of like that's maybe redundant. (laughs) I've said it before, but my goodness, I just realized I have talked about this song quite a bit. already. But I was super excited to get into this because I took that unplanned time away and I'm back to my queen deep dive and this is great. So go listen to Liar. Just pick a live performance of it and dive into it. It's fantastic and clearly a fun number for the guys to play. Enjoy Liar. Have fun this weekend. I will be back. I'll be back with more queen. And uh, maybe after that, I'll do something a little bit different and we'll talk about some more positive stuff. But until then, keep yourselves alive. Enjoy the goodness all day long. (laughs) Bye, guys.